Hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 191 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. Today, during our Hacking Teacher Burnout summer book study series, we are going to be covering chapter five. And I absolutely love this chapter because it's all about extending your reach and possibilities, making time for the things that bring you growth and joy year round, not just during the summer like what we're doing now, but even in September, October, December, February, March, understanding that summer you doesn't have to only exist for two months of the year. It can exist all year long. So let's dive into this episode. Let's get you to extend your reach and possibilities right now. I'll see you inside. Your choice to begin and continue working in education should not be taken lightly. But how do you manage it all while keeping that fire burning bright so you can show up in your classroom and in life as your best self every day? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, classroom teacher, author of Hacking Teacher Burnout, and with more and more teachers quitting the profession or accepting hashtag teacher misery as their forever reality, I step in as your teacher burnout coach to help you take your next best steps to creating a happier and more fulfilled career and life. Now, let's take one more step forward and out of burnout together so we can burn on, shall we? Let's go. Hey, welcome into episode 191 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm so excited about this chapter, as I already alluded to in the pre-roll here, but I wanted to share with you my favorite quote. And if you've read page 119, you know which one I'm talking about. It's Denzel Washington's quote. He says, just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Don't confuse movement with progress. And I have the perfect story to share with you to show why that quote is so, so true. But before I do that, I want to share a reflection from a Burned In Teacher University student and member, Denise, who is also on this book study series journey with us this summer. She shared her reflection for um, the introduction a few weeks ago. And I just want to share this with, with you because I think it's just really, really cool what she had to say. So she said uh, in the foreword, she related to Gretchen's story and realizing that burnout was a signal for change, but it isn't a death sentence. I love teaching and my students and their families, but I do not love the stress. My program was brand new to my district this year, and it was not supported as it should have been. And then she went on to say in the introduction, her reflection was, my burnout type is burned and over it, and I am at a stage two moving towards a three. My goals are to learn more about myself, learn more about my values and strengths, and where I will go that I can thrive. I want to be excited and fulfilled again and to be able to understand and control my emotions. I am so excited about this book study and all that we are going to learn from each other. So thank you so much, Denise, for sharing your heart and for being vulnerable and sharing, you know, what's going on in your current reality and what you want for yourself moving forward. And I did have a poll as well 
in the podcast community that I wanted to share some results um, with you. So I asked which action steps from our first meeting of Hacky Teacher Burnout Summer Book Study Series have you taken so far? So this is obviously a few weeks ago as well. 27% of people who answered the poll said, I know my burnout type. 47% said, I've identified my stage of burnout. And 26% of you said, I've set my intention for reading the book. And all of these percentages, you know, just show that people are taking action. And I hope that you are as well. So continue to dive into the Burned and Teacher podcast Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Burned and Teacher. We will continue to have engaging uh, posts in there to hear from you. And we want you to know that you are being seen and you're being heard as you're going through this book study with us this summer. So a story came to mind as I was preparing to record today's episode about how important it is that we are always extending our belief that there are other possibilities than what we have thought in the past. And what came to mind is an interaction that I had with a dear friend who is someone, one of the first people to ever go through the Burned In program back when it was a group coaching program. Uh, This would have been in 2018. I happened to be presenting at a local conference And I noticed that my friend was there and I walked up to her and I was like, hey, how's it going? It's so good to see you. And by no fault of her own, you know, she did, I could tell that she just was happy to see me, but was not feeling happy. Um, She was like, hey, you know, it's all right. It's, It's going okay. And I, of course, was like, wait, what's going on? Like, are you okay? You know, so I we kind of went for a little walk in the hallway. Uh, we had been in the big cafetorium of the school, and we kind of went on a little walk just outside of, in the hallway. And I said, "Hey, what's going on? Like, what can I help you with anything?" You know, and she was like, "I am just absolutely so drained. I am on all the time." And of course, you know, this conversation conversation led to even more specifics on what was making her feel drained. But one thing specifically that she said was. I am getting notifications from parents at all hours of the day and night. And I cannot keep up. Like I'm just, I'm in the middle of making dinner for my family and I'm having to answer this message from Canvas and it's just so frustrating. And I said, why do you have your notifications on your phone for Canvas? And she was like, well, I... She didn't really have like a solid answer. She was just like, well, I I want to like answer their questions. You know, I, I don't want to leave them hanging. And I said, are you getting paid to have your notifications on your phone, to answer parents' questions or student questions for that matter at all hours of the day? And her answer was, of course, no. And I said, do you feel like they expect you to answer their questions at all hours of the day and night. And her answer was kind of yes, but maybe no. I don't I don't know. And I said, "Well, right now you're telling them that they can expect that from you." But you don't have to settle for that. Like you don't have to have those expectations for yourself. You can choose to turn your notifications off. You can choose to check those messages in the morning. And then in the afternoon, right before you leave school, you are not obligated to answer questions from parents and students at 10 o'clock at night or even 4 o'clock at night past your contract hours. 
And I said, I challenge you. I challenge you to take your notifications off just for a few days and see what happens. And then I checked back in with her a few days later to see how this was going. And she had turned them off. And she had actually sent a message saying that she would not be answering questions that were sent in the evening until the next morning. And she had worded it in a way that was just, you know, I am, you know, I'm home with my family, et cetera. Um, and she said, really, nobody responded to to her post. And to me, that meant that they didn't really care. Like they were just asking when it was convenient for them. They weren't really expecting her to get right back to them. That was an expectation that she had for herself. And as we go into today's chapter about extending your reach and possibilities, this is what it's all about. This is about you setting boundaries. This is about you choosing to not accept Certain expectations that you have had for yourself or other expectations from other people that they've had for you because you never had boundaries in the first place. So we are going to dive deep into what it means to extend your reach and possibilities for seeking joy and growth. These can be two things that go together or they can be two separate things because I also believe that when like growing in certain ways really does bring me joy. Um, But also looking at hobbies and things that you just enjoy doing for the fun of it, bringing those things into your life intentionally throughout the school year and beyond. Hey, real quick, I'm jumping in here to let you know that if you're enjoying this summer book study series of Hacking Teacher Burnout, then you would be a perfect fit for Burned In Teacher University. And since you've dedicated yourself to this summer book club, I want to say thank you. So go to burnedinteacher.com course and enter the code BOOKCLUB, all one word, at checkout for $28 off of forever access to Burned In Teacher University. That's right. You can enroll today, right now, for $99. This online course is more than Hacking Teacher Burnout in course form. In my signature course, you'll find eight modules of video lessons and bonus resources where I'll guide you through my Burned In process to help you move through the the five stages of burnout. Each module includes self-paced video lessons incorporating a mindset focus and a time and energy focus to set you up for success as you implement the material. And that is something you won't find in the book. So go to burnedinteacher.com course and enter code BOOKCLUB, all one word, at checkout to get your money back for the $28 you've already spent. And I can't wait to see you inside the course that has changed my life and so many others from around the world. Now, back to the book study series. All right, so let's dive into the actual Hacking Teacher Burnout book study guide. And let's start on page 18. So in this chapter, we're really focusing on determining what brings you joy. You know, there have been so many times where I've asked teachers like, what would you do with more time if you had it? If you're done living this quote unquote busy life or life of busyness, what is it that you want to do? And a lot of times I'm answered with kind of a blank stare and like, I don't even know what I enjoy anymore. I don't even know what I like to do. Um, So we're going to determine that today. We're going to think about and remember what it is that we do just for fun, just because we enjoy it. Uh, The second thing is we're going to create a vision for what you want your life, both professional and personal, to look like. And then we're finally going to create discipline by understanding how to use time budgeting strategies. And if you've never heard me talk about time budgeting, I am so excited to share this strategy with you. This is a wonderful way for you to begin to set time boundaries. And this is one of those 
habits when, once you build it into your life that is going to create amazing ripple effects into the rest of your life, I promise you. So looking at what you can do tomorrow, there are several things that I lay out for you in this section that you can do. One of them is adopting a growth mindset. Another is researching the things that you have questions about or things that are challenging you, like actually doing some research on some solutions or even doing some research on things that you think sound like fun. Um, There are a couple other options here in this section, but choose two or three. Um, On pages 125 and 127 of the book, I list a lot of options for you to explore. And then here in the book study guide, you can list those out so that you can actually put pen to paper and start to see the possibilities that lie ahead of you. The next thing that we're going to do in our blueprint for full implementation is step one is we're going to decide what brings you joy and what are some things that you want to learn. So I encourage you in this section to do what I call a big dreams brain dump. So in the space that I have provided for you, list all of your dreams, no matter how big or how small. Like no one has to see this except for you. What are some things that just sound awesome to you. And what sounds awesome and amazing and fun and fulfilling and what might make me a happier person on my list might not even be be close to being on your list. And that is okay. Like there's no comparison. There's no shame. This is your life. This is your list. So just dump it all on here. Feel free to do this on another piece of paper if this isn't enough space. Okay. I give you plenty of room on on this, um, on this page, page 19, to begin your list. And what I've suggested to people who are really struggling with remembering what makes them happy and what brings them joy, I encourage you to do this practice once a day for two to three, maybe five minutes of just listing things that sound cool to you, sound fun, and to dedicate some time to researching things that sound fun to actually build that muscle of dreaming. You know, if we have felt stagnant, if we have felt on a hamster wheel of busyness and we've been living on autopilot for a number of years, it's being creative about your future is going to take some practice. It's a muscle that you'll have to build through discipline and practice. Step two is to create a vision for how you will dedicate more time to these activities. So how many, this is the beginning of my time allowance and time budgeting practice. And if you want to do um, to do this in a, in a really condensed space, I do have a TPT product. Um, it's called the time, uh, Teacher Time Management uh, Worksheet. Uh, so you can find that on TPT. We can put a link in the show notes here. But I do have some space for something very similar um, here inside of the, um, of the book study guide. So I want you to really think about, okay, if you have said in the past, I don't have enough time to work out. Like, I want to build that habit, you know, from chapter four. I want to build that uh, that habit into my life, but I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, we're not going to use that as an excuse anymore. You know, sometimes when we say we can't, it's a euphemism for I won't. I'm not willing to do the hard work. I'm not willing to make the changes that I need to make in order to make this happen. And if you want something bad enough, uh, Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable everything. And if it's not, it means it's a fact of life. Well, the fact is we can make more time in our lives by, again, that opportunity cost that I talked about earlier in the last chapter by saying no to certain things and saying no to things such as working all the time. So dream about how many hours you want to work. I always go with 45 because although it's a little over um, our 40-hour contract a week, um, it's not much. 
it's not much. So I tend to lean toward 40 to 45 hours a week. Typically, it's close to 40. I'm typically done with teaching um, at the 3.30 mark whenever my contract time ends. But your time allowance might look different. You know, we all have different roles, different amount of hours, um, different lives outside of school. It's, it's totally up to you. On page 20, I give you space to begin to budget your time. So I have on this page um, Monday through Sunday where you can kind of write down the different times of day that you will arrive at work and or leave work and then space for you to then add up how many hours that totals. Because then what you can do is you can compare, okay, if I say that I'm going to arrive at this time and leave at this time, how many hours is that actually and does that add up to 45? Is it less than 45? Is it more than 45? And the reason that I include Saturday or Sunday in here is because for some people, it does work for them to leave right at their contract time and it brings some people peace and they don't mind coming in or taking work home and working for an hour or two on Saturday morning or coming in on a Sunday morning when no one's there with a cup of hot coffee. I really did not mind doing that sometimes in order for me to get some stuff done. When my kids were a lot younger. Now, since they're older, I don't have that issue. But it used to be part of my reality that I had young kids at home, that it was just easier to get things done on the weekends with nobody there to interrupt me so that I could get in and get out as fast as possible. The next step is to dedicate yourself to discipline. So think about all of the high priority tasks that you need to complete in a week. Okay, so what are typical things that you do? Like we all kind of, you know, as Assuming we're general education teachers here, I know we're not, Um, but for me, like, I always have to plan. I always have to make sure I'm grading. I always have to make sure I have my copies made. I always have to make sure my slides are ready for the next day or the next week. Like, we have typical flow things that we have to get done um, weekly, okay? So that's where I want you to kind of start to list what these things look like. And then you're going to go through the next few steps that are on uh, page 21 to help you to begin to batch and begin to then block out time in your calendar to get specific things done each week, all right? And the last step in today's chapter is setting your intention. So being intentional about how you spend your time is so important. Um, Pages 132, 133, I talk about the Pomodoro Technique, which is a strategy that I actually use um, that helps you to support your focus. So it's setting a timer for 25 minutes and saying, by the end of this 25 minutes, this is one thing I want to have done. At the end of the 25 minutes, your timer goes off, you stand up, stretch, go to the bathroom, reevaluate how far you've gotten um, to achieving that goal or finishing that task. And then you can be done for the day or you can set it for another 25 minutes. Um, It's just a way to help you to structure time. So you're breaking bigger projects into smaller tasks, which makes things more manageable. And then whatever you don't finish that day, you know that you're going to have things that are on your desk to finish the next day. And that way, whenever you've reached your time allowance or your time budget for that day, You can leave with confidence knowing, hey, I got this far along in this task. Maybe it's not completely finished, but I'll pick up again tomorrow. And right now in the summer, when you have the capacity to dream big about what your days and your weeks could and will look like if you do choose to have the discipline that you need in order to make this happen on a regular basis, um, this is the perfect time. This is the perfect time for you to explore what that could look like and feel like to build those time boundaries. Um, Because the truth is we can't find time to do the things that we love to do. We can't find time to do the research and to seek solutions. We have to be disciplined and intentional about making 
the time. And if you have been along this journey with us all summer so far, you know that building habits takes practice. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes trying again and again and again until you find the way that works best for you to build these practices into your everyday life. So again, I encourage you to share your reflections, share your wins, share your aha moments in the podcast Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher. Your assignment for next week is to read pages 137 through 151. We will be tackling D, determine your long-term goals. That is hack six of the burned in process of hacking teacher burnout. I'm so excited to dive in with you and I will see you next week. Until then, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at burnedinteacher. I'm always ready and willing to have a conversation with you about your burnout and ways I can help you to move through it. If you're looking for support in growing through your burnout in ways you never thought possible, check out my online course, Burned In Teacher University at burnedinteacher.com course. I'll see you in the next episode. Burn on.